this morning, the Lord had laid on my heart a, a new sermon series, and it's called The Church, and it's something that the Lord has been very heavy on my heart for, because there has been a struggle within the church in our generation, and in, in, in our day and age, where we have to just kind of go back and re-examine where we're at. We have to go back and, and just look. So if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, I know most of you will probably be able to quote the scripture. And later on online, I know that we're a little delayed because of a computer issue where it didn't go live this morning, but this is going to go up right after church. I'm going to send it up to the Facebook and to um, the YouTube. I'm going to put the on everything because it sounds more official. And... Um, <laughs> And they'll get a kick out of that here in a little bit online, too. Um, but if you have it, um, we're going to go ahead and read from it. Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. And, and Jesus looked at them and he says, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. But my Father in heaven, but I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and a gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give the keys to the kingdom of heaven, uh, or I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth, you shall be bound in heaven, or bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosened in heaven. Father God, Lord, you know where I've gone with this, you know where my studies have been, Lord, you know what my heart has been because you've laid it on me, Lord. Lord, just let it be the thing that needs to encourage this church body, Lord. Let it be the thing that allows it to grasp a deeper concept of where we need to go, Lord, today, Lord. Because we're not called to stand still any longer. But we're called to move forward, Lord. We're called to re-examine. We're called to stand firm in the gap, Lord. We're called to grow. So, Lord, I ask you to touch this message in Jesus' name. You see, I have a story that I got to say, and it's not my story. It's one I, I found online, but I think it's so, so relevant for today. It's about an elderly contractor. You see, this elderly contractor, he was getting worn out. He was tired. So he went to his boss, and he says, Sir, I got to retire. I am worn out. I'm tired. I know the money's not going to be there. It's one that I would need to have to get through this life, but I need to retire, and we'll make it work. And the contractor looked at him and says, okay, I, I understand that. I'm going to miss you. But will you do one more thing for me? He says, okay, what is that? Will you help me finish this one last project? And he hesitantly said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And he got into it and he started working and you could just see his heart wasn't in it to it. He started using inferior techniques, inferior uh, materials and all these things and when he got done, you could just tell it just was not his heart. And then when he got done with the inspections and the contractor looked at him and says, here, this is your house. And he was a little bit shocked. You see, the thing that the Lord has been laying on my heart is that so often the church is just like that in our own lives. A lot of us have shown up at church on Sundays and we've said, I've been here every week. A lot of us have said, I've been here on the weekdays. I've been here for revivals. I've, I've done this. I've done that. But in course of time, sometimes we get worn out. 
We get worn out with our, with our, our, our decisions, with what we're doing. We get worn out because of life. We get worn out, and we get to a point where, like, God, I, I just got to retire. And God's like, okay, I'll give you one last project, and then we see our heart. Something that the Lord has laid on my heart and my, my, my mind all these, these couple weeks that I've been talking with my wife about where God was leading me in my studies for the church was the fact that we cannot grow weary. It's the fact that we have to start reexamining what the church is, what its purpose is, what its, its, its need is, why we do what we do, and why we go through the motions while we do. Because we come to church, but we don't always think about why. Why do we show up on Sundays? I was telling my wife in the car, I was like, you know what, there's that song, Easy Like Sunday Mornings, and we looked at each other and we said, Sunday mornings, they're not easy. I said, yeah, we wake up, we, we got to get the kids ready, we got to get ourselves ready. Being pastors, it's even not easier even more because we got to make sure that the live stream's working, which it's not. We got to make sure the lights are on, we got to make sure the AC is set in the church, usually the night before, so it's not roasting hot in the summer or freezing cold in the winter. We got to do all these different things. We got to make sure the church is clean, we got to do all this. And we get to Sunday and it's like, we're tired. I don't know about you. I remember what it was like to be on that side of the pulpit where we're like, uh-oh, we got to get the kids ready. We got to get there. We got to look just like it's our Sunday best. We can't look like we got any issues. But a whole time we're driving in the car, we're looking at our kids. You be quiet before I kill you. If you say a word of this to anybody in the church, you're dead when we get done. You know what I'm talking about. It's real life. It's a struggle. Church is, 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 a, is a hardship for us a lot of the times, but we lose sight of why we go through those moments. Why is it so prevalent that we have to get together as the body of Christ, as the church? And the Lord was saying, so many of the church nowadays are getting wearied. So many of them are losing heart. So many are getting disconnected because they don't understand the ramifications of what they're doing. You have to understand, God has given us the keys of the church to allow us to see the world get salvation. And so many of us are looking at God going, what did we give, what did you give me? This isn't going to work because we haven't really had the heart to get into it. It's a struggle. But I keep going back to the one question that Jesus asked the disciples. You know, I like to say 20 questions because my kids get annoyed at 20 questions when we give it back to them. But I'm looking at Jesus going, I could see him being like a papa figure to his kids. Hey, who do they say I am? Why do they say I am? When do they say I am? What are they doing about what I say I am? And all these different things. And they're looking at him going, Jesus, what are you talking about? You know those motions where you're like, okay, who is Jesus? Or, or as the, the real word is, Yahshua. Who is this Jesus that we come in and serve? What is he doing in our lives currently today and in these moments? What is he going through and what are we going to have to endure and all these things? The questions that Jesus is asking of the disciples is the same question he's asking the church currently in these moments and in these last days. Who do they say that I am? Who do you say he is? 
Would you say he's the Lord of your life? Would you say he's your all in all, your ride and die, your everlasting? Would, he, would you say he's your salvation or would you say he's just some guy that I read about in a book and he has no implications of where I'm going to today? See, I'm not just preaching to the people in this church. I, God's already told me somebody's going to watch this video, even though the devil has fought me all morning long to get this on the Internet. Somebody's going to watch this and say, I've been struggling. I've been discouraged because I don't know where my hope is. And the church has got to step up. Is this a little hot to you guys this morning? Is it loud? Okay, just making sure, because I can hear myself echoing like crazy. And I know I can get a little loud. I know I don't need a microphone to preach. I know this church right here has got an echo, but I know that there's a reason that I have to hold this thing. But the 20 questions is, why do we hold on to church? You see, the Lord's laid on my heart that the church truly needs to understand its purpose. Church needs to understand the purpose of why we come together. Why do we get up on Sunday mornings instead of just having our easy like Sunday mornings? Getting up and having our French toast at noon. Getting our sausage from the Bob Evans. And getting going and just having it just perfectly served on our platter. I know I'm, I'm making my wife over here going, I don't know what he's going to say next. Where is he going? But what is the purpose for the church? You see, we are a body of believers that must never grow weary of the true person and the true hope that we have who is Christ Jesus. The question that Jesus asked the disciples of who do they say I am was one that we have to really take hold of every single day of our moments and our lives and our every aspect. But I suppose... That, that, that what Jesus is meaning for us is that we as a church need to understand that our source and our meeting in this building is in fact that Jesus did something so great and so mighty for us that we would be willing to take away a little bit of moments in our lives to come together and to, to worship him and, and just give him truly what he's deserving. It's a true surrender that we have to have with because of what he's done for us. That God worked out something so much that he made a change and a connection and a new hope that was so rooted within us that a bunch of broken people would come together and work out their indifferences and be able to come together and figure out how we can exalt the name of the Most High and start exalting him even greater in every moment of our lives. That's a struggle for the church today. But that's the ultimate purpose of why we even come in here. It's the main foundation of why we come into a building. Why this thing even exists here today is so that we can be a body meeting together in one mind, in one accord, to find our ultimate exaltation and purpose in who God is. You see, the church is nothing more if it's not rooted to something. The true foundation that we have today has got to be rooted and backed on it. It's not about just the easy things. It's about the reason why we can come together and to pursue our only hope. And it's not Obi-Wan Kenobi like Star Wars will say. Somebody else will get that later too. The purpose of the church is to allow each other to find a partner in this life to walk together with, to grow together with. It's not just about spouses. It's about finding people we can have our relationships together and grow. Iron sharpens iron. 
The church is really what, what the Greek word, which is called ekklesia, which means a group or gathering of followers, and the function of the church, which is designed for, ready for this, discipleship, conversion, baptizing, and training. But we have to understand that's the main purpose of the church. The purpose of the church will always have something that comes from it, though. The discipleship is key. I look at the pews today this morning. We're missing a lot of people this morning. I know part of it is we don't have the ability to go pick up people like we normally do. I know part of it is there's sicknesses. I know there's part of it is we have other things going on. I know part of it is there's a lot of other reasons. But we have to understand that our purpose is not just to say, I will come to church when it's convenient. I'll come to church because I want to hold God in higher esteem for who I am. So I can ultimately see his purpose. The other aspect is that the church is meant for growth. Jesus knew his disciples were looking for something like we are looking for something every day. The second that I heard that, that the second that they heard that the, he was the Messiah, I want you to take light real quick. What did they do? They started looking around going, where is the Messiah? And then when Jesus looked at him and says, hey, follow me. They got up and they walked away from everything that they knew and walked in a full pursuit of who God was. They wanted to see what God would do among them. Jesus meant God among us. Jesus was God among us, and they wanted to see what he was going to do. And they were not uh, just misled. They were not let down. They were pursuing everything that they had. And this leading led them completely dependent on who God is. I'm going to let that sink in. It led them completely dependent on who God is. It's not easy to be dependent on somebody. My wife, it's hard for her to be dependent on me. It's hard for me to be dependent on her. It's easy for kids to do it because they've learned to do it. But as we get older, it's hard to do it. It's hard to say, I need you to help me do this. I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this. It's even harder when you're walking through a life where you're saying, okay, I'm going to follow God. I don't care the cost of it. And everything falls out from underneath you. And then in that moment, you're like, God, I completely am going to trust you. I'm completely dependent on you to meet every bit of my needs. It's hard. And I'm not going to be anything different. And hardships is where we learn who we are truly pursuing after. Jesus knew it when he said, hey, follow me. Jesus knew it when he was following or building the church and when he kept looking at all the people saying, hey, follow me. Jesus knew it when the Holy Spirit was nudging in you when you said, I want to follow Christ. And he says, hey, follow me. But it's also about the hardships. But the hardships, let me tell you right now, do something. It gives us growth. Let me tell you, I'm thankful for the hardships because it's allowed me to hold on a little deeper to Christ every single moment. I always go back to this because this is one of those aha moments where we're driving back, me and my wife and my kids, from our vacation in Virginia Beach. And all of a sudden I get a call saying, your work's done. And I'm like, I'm the breadwinner. I make all the money. I don't see how this is going to work. And God's saying, trust me. And I looked at God in my spirit and I was like, God, I wholeheartedly am dependent on you. My wife, can I just go ahead and be honest? She was a basket case. She was like, we're going to lose everything. Our house is over and all this stuff. And I kept looking at her going, honey, 
God's given me this random weird piece that says, trust me, I got this. It's in those moments that growth happens. It's when we get discipleship. That's what growth happens. It's when we start teaching people of what God is by the words of our testimonies. That we can show how God is moving in our lives. It's the foundations of the church. Let me tell you, in the end times, it says by the word of, it, of, of every bit of this written down and the words of our testimonies, that will bring freedom. It's by the work of the blood and the words of our testimonies that there's freedom. It's by the testimonies that we have that will inspire people to come into the church, that will inspire people to come into a place of hope, to find growth. It is the one thing that we have to hold on to. But it's not about the easy things. If I were to ask you a question, what keeps you up at night? What would you say? Worries. Health issues. My wife says I sleep like a rock, but we'll see how that works. But the things that keep you up at night are usually the things that you have to, to surrender to God and complete dependence on Him. It's where growth comes in. It's when Jesus is saying it's time to let go of the struggles and the hardships you face and start picking up your cross and following me. You see, Jesus knew his disciples. He walked on the road alongside of them and talked alongside of them about subjects I'm sure that were not written down. I'm sure he was talking to them about life. I'm sure he was laughing along the side of them. I'm sure he was telling them about how one time he was doing this and all of a sudden the hammer slipped and he hit his, 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 his thumb with the hammer and you know how that goes. But he's holier and saved more than I am. I'm sure that he was telling them about all the things that were going to go on as he was trying to show them knowledge. But first he wanted to show them that he had to have a relationship with them. You see, the original church that we have to look back at our roots for, when we look in the book of Acts and, and all of the apostles as they wrote it about the original foundation of the church, not the temple, we find that it was found in a place of hardship. It was set up inside of the Roman Empire of people that were doing such wrong things. But the one thing that always transpired that allowed them to find hope was the testimonies of the Messiah. You see, I can do nothing. I'm just a man up here with a microphone trying to impart some wisdom upon people that I know have more wisdom than me, but yet somewhere, somehow, God decided to say that I was supposed to be up here. I'm nothing. I could do nothing, but I know someone who can. Same goes for you. It's the growth that comes on where the dedication and the hunger in our lives starts pursuing after the God who knows everything. See, the original church did the same thing. They knew that the struggles that they were having, they knew that the struggles that they were having were causing issues. They knew that the struggles they were having were causing confusion. But they also knew that the hope of the one risen Messiah was the one that would bring future hope to all those that would hear it. The original church would come together in places of secret houses and not fear about what would happen about the persecution because they knew who their Messiah was. It was in those moments of the early church where they would come together and grow together, where they would come and break bread together, where they would come and pursue a relationship with God together. It was in that growth that transformed the church, not numerically, but spiritually. You see, 
I know it's easy for pastors to look out and say, oh, there's nobody in the seats. There's nobody. We're failing. But I know what God is saying in my spirit. It's not about the numbers in the seats. It's about the, the souls that are growing in their spirit as they start finding a reassurance to who God is in their life. When he says, who do they say I am? But it's better yet, who, what do you say I am? You see, church, we got to start looking a little bit more closely. we got to start pursuing a little bit more deeper about who God is. It's not about just coming in on Sunday morning saying, I checked the box. I know way too many people that tell me they're Christians because their excuse is, I, well, I come to church. Yeah, that's good. What would you learn at church? I didn't listen. I drank coffee in the, in the foyer the whole time. And why were you at church? Because the coffee's good. You think I'm joking. I've met people that would come to church because they got good coffee. Better yet, I know other people. I come to church. Okay, what do you do at church? Well, I sit in the back and I like the music. It's kind of good. Did you hear anything that the pastor said? No. Have you ever read your Bible? No. And you call yourself Christian? Yeah, because the music's good. What? That makes no sense to me. When we look at the church and we understand that there has to be a transformational process of, of, of a person that came in the doors and the one that goes out the doors. There's got to be a transformation that comes in in the relationship of who God is. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. There has to be growth within the church. The church's purpose is not just to be a building standing here being a place where God lives. I don't see how that even works either, but... Some people even believe that garbage. But we have to understand that this church is to grow in hunger for him in every moment. He wants the church to look wholeheartedly deeper at themselves so that there's a deeper hunger than ever to become deeper rooted in hope. I can't imagine coming into church without having hope. I can't imagine coming together, not even in the building, but meeting with other Christians without pursuing the idea of hope in our lives about what God is doing to grow us into a deeper relationship with Him. I can't imagine that. See, the church is meant for so much greater if we'll allow it to be the church, the ecclesia, the coming together of believers who truly believe that the Messiah died on the cross and he rose from the dead and he purchased our salvation and that we have to take it and receive this thing called free grace upon us that would allow our sins to be cast as far as the east is from the west, that we would have an ability to be called adopted sons and daughters of God who, who do not have to doubt and become discouraged. You see, there's growth within it. There's got to be growth within it. And that comes when we answer the question, who do men say that I am? And if we would say, you are my, my, my Jesus, you are, you are the Son of Man, the God that the, the God put on this earth, the, the God among us, the, the one that rose from the dead, the one that purchased my salvation, the one that's done more. If we would be bold enough and, and wholeheartedly say that in every moment that God says, who do you say that I am? We'll see growth within us. You see, Jesus wanted to hear the people growing in a hunger for him, growing in a hunger for who God was. 
Because if they start growing in a hunger, another purpose of the church, another foundation of what the church is meant for, is the church is meant to be a place of feeding. That one's messed me up for the longest time. Growing up not in church or, or, or just visiting churches, my grandparents would take me to VBS and then they coaxed me to McDonald's or with McDonald's to go to the church with them every so often when McDonald's still had pizzas. Better yet, they let me pound down 20 chicken nuggets. I don't understand why they would let me do that because, I mean, I, it, it didn't do good for me down the road. But I've been processing through what the church is standing for and what I've sought to see this church body grow into as a place of feeding. And I'm not just talking about the, the, the food pantry. I'm not just talking about giving the kids over here some snacks during Sunday school, even though they got some really good snacks back there. And I might have to go steal some because I haven't had breakfast yet. And my wife's going, please don't. We don't need to buy more. But, but it's not just a place of physical food. This has got to be a place where we get spiritual nourishment. A place where we come together and we can truly have what they call iron sharpening iron. You see, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, okay, I hear you. I know that you, I know all the past that you've dealt with. I know what you're dealing with right now. I know your closest issues, and I want to spend time with you. But I want to know every aspect of who you are and what you're doing, and I want you to know truly who I am. So when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, you see the church was getting placed in a position where God was trying to wake up people to understand that we were meant to be a place of feeding, but not just food that the world would seek after. It was meant to be a place where we'd seek the truth of who God is in his word, and we'd start pursuing the truth, not a worldly truth, not a, a personal truth, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, which is written down that God created the heavens and the earth in the book of Genesis, and we know that all he had to do was speak it. And we know that in the book of Revelation, in the last days, he's going to call up all of us, and we're going to get to spend eternity with him in heaven. And those that denied him will spend eternity in hell. We know these things. We know that's truth. We know it's written down, but we have to give that to people who will hear it. But sometimes it has to come through feeding. Let me tell you right now, I already know. Church is not always the greatest thing about feeding people. Sometimes I want to give my kids a giant steak with they have no teeth. You ever watch that? It's funniest as all the things that go dum, 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 gnawing at it and they can't get the steak down. My wife's over going, please just stop. I love you, baby. You're here. You get to hear it all. I don't have to wait for the delayed reaction. Brother Steve's laughing. He's like, I know your pain. But we have to be a place that gives it palatably. We have to be a place. That's why when we come together on Sundays, what do we do? You listen to me talk and, and preach, and you get to listen to me tell you all about God and what he's doing in our lives and how he can encourage you. You get to watch me not just tell you about it, but you get to actually let me take it in a way that's palatable to where you understand where God is leading it through as I look at the scripture and I dig through it. But on Wednesdays, you know what? I don't have to speak. You guys get to come together and you guys get to read the Bible. It's a way of actually listening to it and processing through it. You see, the church is not just Sundays. It's all days. 
It's a place of feeding because the church is not this building. Yes, we come together, we place it together, we do all these things in here to be a meeting place, but the church was always meant to go forth. The church in the early days, of the, uh, the foundational days, was always in homes where they didn't have a Bible, but they would talk about things. They would relate things. They would eat bread together. They would drink uh, water and things together. They would start pursuing God even greater together because they understood that they had to grow stronger together. And that only comes through the, tr- the proper feeding. You see, Jesus knew that the church would need to be a place of feeding because that there would be a hunger that would rise up like nothing else. Matthew 5 and 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Let me tell you right now, that's a commission for the church right now. It's time to start getting people to come into the church because they're hungry. But it's time to start finding them a way to get them satisfied and and, and fulfilled with what they need to have. I'm so tired of people coming in. This church doesn't like me. I can't come in. What? I've heard it way too many times. Even at the General Assembly, as I was watching from my my lovely couch on the TV, and we were watching it, and this one guy says, sometimes it's easier to get into heaven than it is to get into churches. Yes, Brother Bill, sometimes it's easier to get into heaven than it is to some churches. Why is that? Because church thinks it needs to be a social club instead of a community and a hospital for those who need to come in. We need to get into those moments. We need to get into a place where we can truly feel that we can provide the things that people will need that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. They're hungry and thirsty for truth. They're hungry and thirsty for spiritual things. We need to be the church that can give those things and fulfill that need. Because John 6 and 55 says, For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. And whoever uh, feeds on my flesh and drinks from my blood abides in me, and I in him. Let me tell you right now, his truth is always going to be written out because it says the word was among us in the book of John. It dwelt among us. This is right here was all of Jesus speaking to us all in the Old Testament as as he was being hidden and, and being exposed and preparing a way for him to come on earth. But if we don't know this, if we can't feed this to them, they're never going to understand who God is and how he can live within them. But we need to be that place. We need to be the church that comes together and is willing to do it all. The church was was meant to be a place where we would come together and stand strong in a fleeting and dying world. But God, who was like the old carpenter, or, but many of us are like the old carpenter who are holding on by a, th- by a thin thread. Holding on to life, thinking that I'm done. Church, let me tell you right now, you're not done. Let me say that again. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how seasoned you are. I say that what God has been speaking into my spirit all week long is to tell you you're not done. Quit saying you want to retire. You haven't retired yet until you get retired up into heaven. It's time that that the church starts looking around saying, it's time for me to get back to work. It's time for me to understand that this church was meant for so much greater. And the purposes that were just the foundation are just part of the motion that we got to go with. You see, God is trying to say us that, that churches all over the city will have a struggle because they've lost the grip and the vine of who Christ is. And they are looking for food and drink of the world all over, but they cannot find it because they're not looking for it in the right places. It is this reason that we must take a self-evaluating look at ourselves and ask the question, 
What is the church in our lives? Is it just to come together to meet the requirement and check the box on Sundays? Is it the reason to come together because mom and dad said I have to? Is it the reason that we come together because it's always something that we've done and it's just normal? You see, the carpenter in his life did just that. He loved it. But he grew weary. And I've seen way too many churches grow weary. Today, we're being asked, what do you love? What is it that makes you desire to be in this church? What is it that makes you do it all? You see, the pastor has to be the one here because, well, everybody tells him he has to. I have to open the door. I know, that's a hard thing to do. But I heard Jesus say years ago, it's not about the ups and downs. It's about the heart that says, I love you, God, with everything you are. I want to pursue after everything you are. I want to be dedicated to see others come to you as you are and start providing a reason for it. You see, that's when we can understand that on the rocks that this church is built on, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the keys of the kingdom of heaven were given to you to bind up things on this earth and bound them in heaven. We need to start being a church that's not looking around at the inside, but start truly pursuing after, trying to bind up other lives into heaven and get them saved and get them pursuing that real relationship. But we have to, in these moments, say I'm all in. We have to say that I'm all in. That means that we have to know and long for something greater. We have to know that even in the spiritual battles, we have spiritual food that will allow us to get through this life. We have spiritual truths that will allow us to get deeper. You see, the church I want to challenge you right now is to take deeper looks. What is it that you're hungry for? What is it that you're hungry for? I know some of us are ready for some Bob Evans. But I'm hungry for the spirituals. I'm hungry for the word. I'm hungry to see God come on earth as it is in heaven. I'm hungry to see him come first in this life of mine and me come second. I'm hungry to see my kids accept him in their lives and walk more obedient than I ever have. I'm hungry to see my family that's lost get to heaven. I'm hungry to see God move. Is that what your hunger is? Is that what your hunger is? You see, we have to say, God, I, I surrender it all to you and my hunger. See, that's what the disciples did. That's the foundation of the church. We have to say, I surrender it all. I surrender it all, God, to give it to you, to trust you in it. If you'll stand with me this morning. See, we have to understand what the point is. That's the one thing that the church has been lacking. I think that, that one question. What is the point? Is it just to come in and fellowship? Is it just to come in and check the box? Is it just to come in to just see my friendly neighbor over here? Is it just to come in and see my family? If that's are the points, that's not the reason. Why come? you're hungry for God, if you're really wanting to pursue Him, if you really want to surrender to Him, that's the point. That's the reason why we get together. That's the reason that this church is together. Because we all believed in one thing. 
with one accord that Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And that he says, though I go away, I prepare a place for you. If it was not so, I would not have said it. And moments notice that he could come down in the twinkling of an eye and we'll get raptured together up in heaven. Or we'll have to tarry a little longer and wait and then we'll get to go to heaven when it's our last and dying breath. Nonetheless, we have to have the heart and the desire to say, I surrender all. We have to have that heart and desire to say, God, no matter what I'm dealing with, I surrender all. So if you'll, if you'll just bear with me for a few moments. And let's just sing that to him this morning. All to Jesus, I surrender. Come on, sing with me. All. <laughs> I surrender my life. I will ever love and trust you every day. I surrender all. I surrender Lord, we surrender it all to you, Lord, in this place. Lord, we know that you're worthy of it all, Lord. We know that you are the one that we come in the place for. Lord, this church would have no being or reason if we didn't have that lifestyle. If we didn't have the lifestyle that says, God, I don't care what I go through. I surrender it all. I put you first. I want to love you first. I want to grow in you first. I want to pursue everything I have within you first. If it wasn't for that reason, Lord, we'd have no reason to be in the church. If it wasn't for that reason, we'd have no reason to pursue the relationships we do. 
But God, we know that in the beginning, you said that you were a God who desired to know us. But Lord, we have to desire to know others like you know us. Lord, your great commission says, love the Lord God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. And the second is like that, to love our neighbor as ourselves. God, the church's reason I know is to do just that. To be a beacon, to be a hope, to be like Jesus' hands and feet. Lord, to those that need to know you. So Lord, as we get ready to leave this place, Lord, I ask that the church goes forth and be what you've called it to be. Be a place where people will grow together. Where people will get fed together. Where people will hear the truth. The good news, the great news, the exciting news, Lord, that we don't have to hold on to the things that are broken, but we can be made whole in your son's blood and through his sacrifice. God, we need you to come down in this place. We need you to come down in our lives and let us be like a light, not hidden in a little bookshelf, Lord, but lighting up a whole hillside because we're a city that's so bright that everybody takes notice. God, let this church, let the church be what you called it to be. But Lord, as we look at ourselves and we ask the deep questions, why? Let us find you in those moments, God. Lord, I praise you for what you're doing. I thank you for everyone that was here, Lord. Those that will watch on live stream a little later, Lord. I thank you that you've done a mighty great work. I'm even more grateful, Lord, that the giant church of God itself is seeking to do the mighty work all over the world. But let us fulfill our part right here, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I love you. You all sounded great. I'm sorry you had to hear me sing. I love you, Julissa. But anyway, we're so excited that you're here. We look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to continue on the church series. And if you have any desire to help out with the VBS or, or with the school supplies, let us know. We love you all. We'll see you next week.